Our scripture reading this morning comes from the book of Colossians, chapter 3, verses 12 through 17. Hear these words of scripture. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you have a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you, and over all these virtues put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body we were called to peace. And be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all the wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or in deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Today we have the honor of having Megan Ludet preach for us today. Megan has just finished up her third year at Miami University with a major in public health, and she's been a lifelong member of BUMC. She was confirmed here. She confirmed her faith in the Christian life here in 2015. And I asked Megan to come and to speak today to give us an opportunity to hear how growing up here in this church has impacted her with an ear towards how BUMC's journey of becoming a reconciling congregation has informed her faith. And so I'm excited for her to share with us today. And Megan, I'd like to pray over you before you begin. You can have a Let's pray. Most holy God, we come to you now and we are ready to hear you speak. Calm any nerves of your daughter, Megan, and let us come with humility and openness to what it is you have to say to us today. May the words of her mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be pleasing to you, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Welcome, Megan. Thank you so much for the kind introduction, Pastor Heidi. And hi, everyone. Hi. Um, in case you don't know me, uh, my name is Megan Ludit, and again, I guess I'm now a senior um, at Miami University. I cannot believe that. It's, it's so long. Um, and I do love my major of public health, and it's been a great time. Um, and it is so good to see all of you again. I can't believe that it, it has been over two years since I've seen everyone. I've watched the live streams of the services when I've been home over breaks, but it just hasn't been the same as being able to talk to you all in person. And today we are celebrating the important decision we made eight years ago to become a reconciling church, and I just wanted to let you know how important that decision was for me. I still remember sitting in church when our congregation voted to become a reconciling ministry, 
And honestly, I didn't really understand what any of it meant at the time. When we came home, my parents talked to my sister and I about what it meant, but I still didn't really understand why it was such a big deal. Now, as a lot of you know, I was pretty involved in the church growing up. I sang on the praise team, served as a liturgist, went on many mission trips, including to Africa, and had lots of friends in this congregation. And so when I went off to college, I was really excited to become involved in a new church and also a religious student organization. However, it turned out to be a lot harder than I had anticipated. Having grown up in this church, the inclusion and love for all different kinds of people was really important for me to find in a group on campus. So whenever I went to a church or religious organization, I always made a point to ask, what is your stance on the inclusion of LGBTQ plus people in your group? And sadly, I got a lot of negative answers. And for me, that meant that I ruled those places out because I just didn't feel comfortable there. So finally, I went to a progressive Christian students meeting and I didn't even have to ask them that question. Their logo was a rainbow butterfly and they were very open about their acceptance of the LGBTQ plus community. And I thought the people in the organization were really kind and accepting and I really enjoyed all the time that I spent with them. But then, second semester of my first year at college, COVID happened. And everyone got sent home, and the whole world shut down. Progressive Christian students stopped having meetings, and even last school year, we decided to have our meetings online so that no one would get sick. I couldn't go to church because they were all closed. And overall, it was just a really hard time for everyone. So last summer, I got an internship near Oxford, and I decided to stay there all summer. At the end of June, which also happens to be Pride Month, I was invited to go to a church service with one of my friends. At first, I was nervous because I hadn't been to church in a long time, and I wasn't sure what that church's beliefs and views were, but I decided to give it a chance and see how it went. At first, I really liked the service. It was really nice to be surrounded by other people who were all praising God and singing together. And then the preacher came up and he started his sermon, and he started talking about how all of the college kids will be back in a month and a half, two months, and we have to make sure that we keep them off a bad path and help them avoid living a bad lifestyle. And then he started talking about how there's a new secular phrase being used today to promote what he believes is a lifestyle of sin. And that phrase was, love is love. And he said that as a Christian, he didn't agree with that phrase. Instead, he believed that God is love and that to show God's love to others, we need to be honest with them about the teachings of God, even when it's hard, so that they avoid a life of sin. And I was, I was so disappointed. This was such a different environment than the one that I've grown up in here. At this church, I leave feeling surrounded by so much acceptance and love, and there I walked out feeling like a problem that needed to be solved. Now, I do believe that God is love. And furthermore, I believe that it is our main calling from God to love others. I mean, both of those are stated in the Bible multiple times. 1 John chapter 4, verse 16 says, And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 13 says, And now these three remain, faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. John chapter 15, verse 12, my command is this, love each other as I have loved you. And then, of course, our scripture reading for today, which comes from Colossians, therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, 
Clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. So that's where I struggle. In this church, it is so easy for me to feel accepted and loved for the person I am right now. I don't feel like I need to change for all of you to love me, and that's the love that I've grown up believing that God has for us. But in religious places at college, I don't always feel that way. I feel like I have to fix different parts of myself to be truly accepted and loved. And that's really hard for me because I don't believe that that is what unconditional love looks like. I believe that unconditional love means loving someone exactly as they are, flaws and all. And I believe that that's the love God has for us. I know what a loving church environment can bring me, and I will keep looking for that community. But if that one bad experience had been my first experience at a church, it honestly would have been really hard for me to go back to a church again. So the decision we made eight years ago was a bold one. And at its core, it was a decision made based on love. I want everyone to experience that kind of true love that I felt from all of you. That's why I think it's so important that we continue being bold. We need to continue to show everyone in our community that this church is a safe space for everyone to come and know God's love. And we need to continue to be leaders in the Methodist Church by showing God's love to everyone and encouraging other churches to do the same. I feel so blessed to have grown up in a community where I feel such unconditional love and support. And now I know that that kind of love, God's love, exists. Thank you. Thank you, Megan. As Megan, Megan and I were talking um, before she was coming to, to talk, and um, she was sharing about how questions and asking questions and the freedom to be able to do that here at BUMC was really transformational, and it gave her the space to wonder and to question about things like inclusion and, and, th and, and different things as well, and, and deepen her faith. And then today, as I was getting ready, I was reading my um, devotional. Each day, I read a devotional from Richard Rohr. And in the devotional, it's titled, Humble Knowing. And it just, it had to be a God thing, and I just want to share it. Because coming with humility, which is in our, today's scripture of Colossians, coming with humility towards God and knowing that we don't know it all, and, and the last line of the devotional says, mystery is not that which is not understandable. Mystery is that which is endlessly understandable. It's bigger. Mystery is that which is endlessly understandable. Mystery, the God is a God of mystery, bigger than we could imagine and understand and, and I think that's this unconditional love that you're talking about because it's not something that we understand as humans, uncon true unconditional love. And so as we, we go into our lives and, and, and strive to live into that mystery, that is what overflowing faith is. It's the love overflowing into our lives and, and living out the humility of mystery in our lives. And so I want to thank Megan for coming to sharing her experiencing, knowing that we each have our own experiences of coming to God and what that means. And, and I'd like to pray as I invite the, the worship team to come up 
as, and prepare ourselves to sing. Let's pray. Glorious God, it is wonderful that we are able to come together, that we are able to, to learn from one another and to learn from one another's experiences. God, draw us closer to you. Open our hearts so that we might be courageously inclusive, courageously humble, so that we can show your unconditional love to this world. Amen. Now, I invite you to please stand and let us sing together and prepare our hearts for prayer. Oh
Amen. You may be seated. We have a few prayers that have come in. Um, the first one I want to share is the fact that there's been two little toddlers toddling around in the service today, and it is the most fun in the world. And it's also a way that we're courageously inclusive and in, in, in having honest worship together. And it's, it's a joy. It's wonderful to have the chattering and the, the rattle shaking and the whatnot. It's just, it's joy. And I also, it is joy that it is someone's birthday today. Um, her name is Melanie, and she's up in the, the balcony. There she is. She's waving. Happy birthday, Melanie. And we also have um, Chuck and Becky ask for prayers for Habitat House workers and for the family who is moving in. We are having our first Habitat Faith Build Day this week on Thursday, so prayers for that. And Lisa asks for prayers for the Sidlowski family as they navigate the one-year anniversary of the drowning of their daughter, Allie. Prayers for their continued education on boat and carbon monoxide poisoning. And also, Linda asked for prayers for Tom and Nell Taylor. Um, Tom fell two days in a row, and he is in the emergency room currently this morning getting checked out. And so prayers for healing and for wisdom for them. And then also prayers for um, Buffalo and for all um, in the mass shooting in, in Buffalo yesterday. And um, yeah, so prayers for that as well. Let us go to our Lord in prayer. God, we know. We know that you hear our prayers. You hear our greatest joys and you hear our deepest sorrows. For you are the God of hospital rooms and graveside services. You are the God who felt a touch in a crowd and who sees and knows all of our pain. You are the God of the hurt and the healing. And so we know that you hear us today. And so with open hearts and outstretched hands, we come to you with our joy and our pain. With joy, we give you thanks for all of the blessings in our lives, for sunny days and birthdays, for graduations, confirmations, positive test results, successful surgeries, and the fresh smell of flowers in the air. God, we have so much to be thankful for, and we know that you are part of all of that. And yet, in the same breath, we also carry pain. And so we desperately need your ears and your grace and your healing touch. So today we lift up to you all the hurt and the pain that we carry. For parents who are stretched thin, exhausted teachers and students, for those who have experienced job loss, and all of those who are saying goodbye to a loved one after a life well lived. God, we lift these things and many more to you, knowing that you are listening, that you are here with us. 
God, be among us. Hold our hurt, heal our wounds, and draw us closer to one another and closer to you. We pray all of these things with the hope of people who dream of your promised day on earth as it is in heaven. As we pray together this prayer, Jesus taught his disciples, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who have trespassed against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. As we leave here, our, our hope is that you take God's love with you into the world and create safe spaces in the world to grow with God and one another. And we have several ways of doing that. And this morning, there is an insert in your bulletin that has many ways of how you can live out our, our, our value of courageous inclusion in your life. One is by recording a message upstairs on the third floor, and you can record a message, and this will go to our our recorded hotline that is just a, a hotline where people can call and they can feel affirmations, they can hear affirmations, they can hear um, assurances that they are loved, an apology that if they've been hurt by the church, an acknowledgement of that, and that they are loved by God. And so you're invited to do that, and online you're invited to record your own voice memo, and you can send it in to inclusion at brexelumc.com. There's information of how to do that at bumclinks.com. And then also we have several different ways of um, growing in our lifelong learning, of asking those questions together. And one is during the education hour directly following this service is in the chapel. There will be conversation and discussion about how we came to be a reconciling congregation and also how we can live this out together. And the next Sunday at the 11 o'clock hour, we will have our hymn sing. And so I invite you to stick around for that as well. And then finally, Memorial Day is coming up and Brexville is having their Memorial Day parade again this year. And so we are going to ride our bikes together as a church. And so you're invited to sign up for this. All ages can ride their bikes. All skill levels can ride their bikes together. And um, you can sign up at bumclinks.com, and it's a great way to show love in the community. With that, let us receive our benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and grant you peace. Go in peace and not in pieces. Amen. Children.
wonderful week.